Hey, Resurrection Church, uh, Pastor Daniel here doing another episode of our Supercharged podcast where we work on leadership development, developing both the character and the competencies of emerging leaders and existing leaders. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about accountability, particularly on the side of uh, awkward situations or, or, or confrontation. And so I don't know historically if uh, this has always been such a big deal in various cultures or developed cultures. But in America particularly, uh, we tend, uh, at least my observation over the last 10 or 20 years, we, we have tended to overblow this idea of uh, confrontation. And so uh, it seems as if culturally we continue to move further and further into a space where uh, very truthful or even uh, maybe uh, difficult conversations are exaggerated in terms of how painful they might be or how difficult or how awkward. In fact, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to even put my finger on, I say the word difficult and I don't even know. I, I think there are now in 2023 conversations that some people would call very difficult or very awkward that just 30 or 40 years ago seemed incredibly normal. And uh, I'm, I watch even my kids as they're growing up and how, how scared they are at times to go in a restaurant or a business and just ask a very simple question of someone they don't know or a store employee. And I, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to why that seems to be such a difficult task. And I, I think that some of the onset of social media and the way we have uh, portrayed real live human conversations and our lack of live human conversations have actually really hurt. And, uh, and, and we have underdeveloped skills uh, when it comes to conversation and discussions. And so one of the most dangerous trends in our society has, of course, seeped into the church like every trend does uh, because we're still in the world as much as we want to not be of the world. And that is this idea of a passive aggressive, you know, this idea of passivity. It's not really passivity, it's passive aggressive. Like there are uh, issues maybe that we've taken with someone or something and we don't want to actually go and have those conversations and deal with those in an upfront um, and sort of honorable way. So instead, either we stay quiet about them and they fester and they grow in our heads uh, or we tell other people, even worse, we tell other people about them instead of the actual person. And next thing you know, there's gossip and there's slander and there's drama. And oh my goodness, it's crazy. And when you track back some of those things, what you find is that it would have probably been solved with a very simple conversation right up front. I, I'm, in this episode, I'm not trying to get into the background of why all of those things are occurring, but I do want to talk about this. I want to, I just want to look at this verse and, uh, it's a little bit about accountability. I think there are a lot of verses about this in the Bible, but but this stuck out to me. It's in Proverbs 27, and it's verses five through seven. I'll just read them to you, and then we'll talk about it. It says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. It's kind of interesting. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Uh, so Proverbs oftentimes, I think one of the difficulties in reading Proverbs is sometimes it feels like it jumps off topic and then back on topic. But I but I love this little portion of scripture. Better is open rebuke. We're just terrible at taking correction. We're terrible at taking critical feedback. 
Uh, we're just bad at it. In fact, I was working on this because we we cover a little bit of this in one of our episodes of Six Tensions of a Healthy Church, which is a Bible study that we have in our church. And uh, I was just talking to my group about this the other night about how most of us can't even take critical feedback if it's not given in a very gentle way. If it's not like very, very gentle, we're immediately defensive. We can, we can, you know, we're coming up with all these reasons why they're wrong. We're not, we stop listening. It's just super crazy. I guess I should say this. I think it's probably important. You may know this about yourself. You may not. You may have to ask some of your friends or your your family members. But generally, I think there are two categories of individuals. And I think there's one group that's much larger than the other. But generally, I think there are some people who kind of, kind of really enjoy conflict. They like conflict. They they kind of look for it. They seek it out. I call it people that like to poke the bear. You know, people that really enjoy seeing if they can get a rise out of somebody. And they're okay with tough conversations. Uh, they actually kind of like them. It, it intrigues them. They're a little bit more adversarial. They're kind of ready for a fight. They're ready to get into conflict. I think that's a rare group. I think it's a smaller group. It's not like this 50-50 uh, split in our population. But there's some people like that. And then I think there's the other side of like someone who really avoids conflict at all costs, someone that really doesn't like them, doesn't look forward to it. Um, and and I, there are probably extremes inside that group. That's the larger group, I think, in our population. There are people that just, they'll do anything to get out of a tough conversation. Um, you know, it, when you get to Matthew 18, and, and there's this biblical realization that if someone has sinned against you, you need to go and talk to them, they will come up with all kinds of justifications to get around that Bible verse because, oh my goodness, sitting down and having that conversation is so hard and I don't want to do it. Uh, it's funny. You know, like it's not funny. It's probably very dangerous, but there's times where it's almost comical at the hoops that people will jump through to avoid a tough conversation. And, and you know, I keep saying this word tough conversation. Sometimes they're not even tough. Sometimes they're just normal conversations, but in your head, you've sort of made them into this really big, tough, oh, it's going to be horrible, worst case scenario. So I just want to talk about that for a few minutes because I think it's really important. Number one, uh, when you see better is open rebuke or when you see faithful are the wounds of a friend. Listen, the Bible is telling you, and I think we know this, if we really were to sit down and think about it, if you really love someone, they tell you the truth. If you really love someone, you tell them the truth. And if someone really loves you, they tell you the truth. They don't lie to you. And this weird cultural phenomena of lying to people and telling them that we love them and they're not telling them the truth is crazy. It's poison. For a Christian, particularly, who views sin as devastating, as cancer, as poisonous, as a predator, uh, we cannot truly say we love someone and then know that they're struggling in a sin or maybe they even have a blind spot for a sin in their life and just be, oh, it'd be too awkward to go talk to them not only is it not biblical, it's counterintuitive to what we're saying. We don't really love them. And so we owe it to people that we love. And we're supposed to really love everyone, which means we're really working toward uh, being better at loving people and uh, all around us, not just our friends. But if we really love folks, uh, we're going to sit down and tell them the truth. Now, there are good ways to do that and there are less effective ways to do that, but we're, we're going to get better at doing that. We're not going to shy away from that task. We're not going to act like Oh man, because that's uncomfortable, I'm just not going to do it. And then counterpoint to that is like, if I, if I really believe that, I'm actually going to do things in my own life to get better at receiving that. In fact, in fact, here's the crazy thing. 
I'm going to seek it out. I'm going to go to the people that are closest to me, that I have access to my life, in my groups, in my family, in my my close-knit uh, fellowship and community, and I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to ask for it, right? I'm going to ask them, hey, will you hold me accountable to this? Hey, will you check up on me in this area specifically or about this? Hey, you know, I don't think I'm suffering from blank, but can you be honest with me and tell me if you see these things in my life? So I'm going to ask for, I'm going to invite in this wise counsel and this feedback, and potentially I'm going to invite in rebuke from people because I want the honesty and because, you know, inside the circle of people that I trust, I want to know if I have any blind spots, right? So both sides of that, going and having the conversation and inviting those conversations and getting better at um, hearing them from other people. If we want to be really good at anything, whether that's following Jesus, whether that's a a particular skill, you know, competency at work, anything else, we want to be really good at at, at, uh, anything that we're doing there are going to be improvements we have to make. And to make an improvement means we have to admit that in whatever area we're looking at, we're not there yet. So we're falling short of whatever perfection is, right? So I don't care what skill it is. You just, you have to acknowledge there's a gap. Like I'm not where I want to be, which already means I'm maybe doing something wrong or not doing it well enough. So essentially what, when I'm going and then seeking feedback, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to approve, improve. And I'm already saying, I'm not meeting the goal or I'm not making it, right? There's this baked in humility to doing that that is necessary to get better. Because if I think I'm, I don't have anywhere to get better, meaning I think I'm already doing it perfectly, right? So you see where the ego and the pride comes in. Well, then I could never get better because I already think I'm perfect. Now, people don't like to say it that way, but essentially, that's the attitude that comes across when we're super defensive when someone offers up something to us about maybe an area to improve or somewhere we failed. You know, all that immediate defense that pops up in the back of our head and that, that, that you know, sort of, you get you get hot, right? Like immediately you start getting a little bit emotional because you, you, you want to defend yourself like it's an attack, right? Why? Well, because that's pride. That's ego. I, I essentially want to push back as if to say, I don't need improvement in these areas or I disagree with your analysis. And and if we're being honest, normally if it, that was in the midst of a single conversation, we haven't really even had the time to process that very well. So what, what am I trying to get to with this? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Uh, I think we've got as believers and as leaders, if we want to get better, we got to get so much better about having what our culture might label an awkward conversation. So you have to go to someone around pointing out something in their life, or you're sitting in a conversation and they're pointing out something in your life, right? So we're talking about corrective type conversations, accountability type of conversations. We have to improve on both sides of that equation. So that's a personal responsibility I'm taking I'm challenging you to take those and say, hey, I want to get better at this. And so how do we do that? Awkward conversations. Awkward conversations. So here's some simple things. I'm going to go to someone to talk to them about something, to correct something, point something out, maybe practice Matthew 18, do one of these other things. I find one of the simplest ways is just to say, hey, I need to have an awkward conversation or I have a weird conversation I need to have with you. I need to, I have a weird question for you, right? So I, I want to, I'm just going to tell them right off, hey, I'm a little nervous about this or man, 
I might be overthinking this. I need to talk to you, but it made me nervous. And I just want to acknowledge the fact, you know, that I maybe I've made too much of this and it made me a little anxious. That's okay. In fact, that, that it, sometimes that just takes the sting off of just sitting down and trying to have these conversations and not building up this huge narrative in your head. The second thing about this is, um, particularly if you you have to go correct something in someone's life, whether that's correcting what you think is overt sin or maybe correcting something they're doing wrong. I think one of the one of the not, really how to say this. A tip I would give you, a, a lesson, something that I would start practicing is you ask questions. So, hey, I've observed this and I have questions. I've observed the way you have spoken to your wife and daughter. And yet I know you love Jesus and, and you're, you're trying to work on being more Christ-like. And so then I have, I have questions. Do you, do you kind of see how harsh that comes across? Or has anyone else said anything about like, do, do you feel like you're being harsh to them? Are you particularly mad? You know, I'm just giving you an example, but like, I think that's a, a great way to start a conversation is ask some questions and then let that person kind of talk about, you know, what they think. And you'll learn a lot in the conversation. And, and oftentimes in the questions, as they're just sort of answering questions and telling you about it, they'll find or admit to the faults all on their own. Maybe they already know it's there. Maybe through the process of kind of talking, answering your questions, they kind of get there. Boy, it makes those conversations so much easier. Um, I, I would say that's just a a methodological tip, right? Like a, like a, a method of having a tough conversation and being getting better at doing correcting and, and holding people accountable. But really what it's pointing to is a philosophy of correcting gently. Now, the Bible would tell us that when we're correcting uh, someone who's older than us, um, we see this in Timothy and Titus, like if you're correcting an older saint, an older man, or an older woman, someone that's older than you, that you do that very gently. Uh, and, and that's really out of respect to their experience and age. But I would actually say it even further, like whenever possible, we really want to try to correct gently because we want our correction to be received. We want to give them some time to process and think about it. Um, but we also want to be people that do this, right? I want to be, I want to love the people around me enough that I'm willing to go and have tough conversations. And uh, I, I think what, the reason this is so important is not just because it, it really helps build closer relationships between you and the people that are around you, but I also think that we, the church, have to recognize that culture is going one way and to be biblical and to be Christ-like is going a different way. And we I think we intuitively see that in a lot of areas in the Bible, but I would even say in awkward conversations, this is very clear where the culture has made this very adversarial, like, oh no, worst case scenario, I'm going to go and do this. And we're going to have this very defensive sort of uh, almost uh, combat-like conversation with somebody. That's not the biblical method of relationships, of accountability, of correction, of any of these things, right? So, it's up to us to really practice this and work on it and and find ways to do this in our relationships and in our church life and with our church family to normalize having quote unquote awkward conversations to be okay with this might be a little bit uncomfortable but I'm going to I'm going to sink into this I'm really going to invest and engage into these conversations because the bible tells me to because it improves relationship when I know I can be really honest and when I we can't actually be people who are very honest like really honest, like people of the truth and then be in close relationships with other messy Christians and then think we're not going to have to have these types of conversations. Like that's ridiculous. 
if we're going to be really honest, really authentic, really genuine around people, and we're going to love them, and they're messy, and and so therefore they're going to sin and make mistakes, and I'm messy, and therefore I'm going to sin and make mistakes, then we intuitively must be able to put that together to realize there's going to be harm caused and sin that is involved at some point, and we're going to have to correct it, and we're going to have to address it. Like we, I hope that we are all there when we think about this, and therefore our our mechanism of doing that and getting better at it, I think, is is so important. It's so critically important to be a good leader. Uh, you cannot be a good leader and sweep offenses under the rug. You cannot just be a good leader and not address areas where accountability is necessary. You cannot do that. Now, I am not saying you don't forgive quickly. You do. I'm not saying that you're not long-suffering. Of course we are. I'm not saying we throw patience to the wind. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, there is going to be there are going to be many times where we need to hold someone accountable, or they're going to hold us accountable. And what if we got a whole lot better at having those types of conversations and being gentle with one another, restoring one another gently? And um, I think that just even doing that biblically and being being getting really comfortable having those types of conversations, comfortable to do to 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 to. to like really jump into those and and pursue those when we're someone who doesn't like conflict and uh, working on being really, really gentle when we're someone who does like those types of things. To do that and begin to practice that and normalize that would look so different to the world. Like I think it would just stand out like a light on a hill. The world would look at that and go, wow, you just had a really tough conversation with that person. And everyone seemed to, I don't know, not not even be very emotional about it. Like, yeah. We, we have those types of conversations all the time. I, I think that's actually supposed to be normal in the church. I don't think it is yet. Um, it's certainly not normal in the world. And it's a it's a way that by following what scripture says, and being more Christ-like, uh, we can both uh, be an example to the world. It, this is an evangelistic moment, but also we can be much closer. We build much closer knit relationships with people around us because we're being real. We're being honest with them. I, I hope that was helpful. I would like us just follow up you to think about a couple things. I'd like you to think about, you know, are you the person who likes conflict? Are you somebody that kind of likes to poke the bear and doesn't mind that? Or are you someone that tries to avoid it? I think it's it's a good thing to kind of know yourself. And if you're not sure, maybe talk to some people around you and ask. And then I think that help, will help you set some next steps. So, so what do I work on? Do I work on being more gentle as I hold people accountable? Uh, if you're someone that really likes to poke the bear most of the time, that also means you're someone that doesn't take feedback particularly well. It's weird how that works. Um, so do you need to work on those things? And how can you work on those things? Who can you talk to to begin working on those things? Who can you bring in with you uh, to help be an accountability partner with you uh, to point out your blind spots? And then if you're someone that just avoids these things at all costs, uh, how can you get better at normalizing what would be an awkward conversation for you? So it doesn't seem so scary. So you don't you don't write a, a long narrative in your head before you ever even go have a real conversation. Um, and, and all these things are going to point toward us really doing a better job of giving other people the benefit of the doubt. We're going to think the best of somebody instead of thinking the worst. That will make all of these conversations so much more productive and so much easier. I hope these things were helpful. I hope this sparks conversation for you in in small groups, in small relationships with your mentor. And uh, until next time, I can't wait to talk to you guys. Lord bless.